1: If you are dealing with serious addiction to opiates, heroin, or something else, you know what a toll it takes on your life and the lives of those you love and who love you. This is A Man in Recovery Radio, from dope to hope. You'll hear from host Tim Ryan about his long journey from a winning life to losing nearly everything he had, including his 20-year-old son. All from addiction. Now, Tim has a purpose, to educate others about the devastating effects of addiction and how if you are one of the millions of people who have lives that have been affected, you can turn things around today. Now, here's Tim
2: Ryan. Good morning. Welcome to Man in Recovery Radio. This is Tim Ryan taking people from dope to hope, helping one addict at a time. Truly honored to uh, have a good buddy of mine, uh, Rich Wistocki, who has been in law enforcement for how long, you old fart?
3: 27 years.
2: 27 years. Um, I'm going to have Rich share a little bit about how we came together because you normally don't have a former heroin addict um, sitting here with uh, someone that's been in law enforcement for 27, 28 years. Rich, why don't you share a little bit about how we came together?
3: So my forte in uh, law enforcement is uh, computer crime investigations. So what happened was I created a program called Dare to Know where, because of my background in technology, I show parents that if they really want to know what kind of drugs their kids are doing, to actually look in their cell phones because all the answers will be there. Not only that, over the course of my career, I have seen a lot of uh, destruction, devastation when it comes to drugs uh, and breaking up families and kids dying and things like that. And parents need to know exactly what kind of drugs their kids are doing so they can get them the appropriate help. So uh, I researched and researched uh, drug test kits. So we came up with a, uh, a program where I show parents what drug abuse looks like by showing them what a baggie looks like, what a scale looks like, what does heroin look like. So if they're searching their rooms, they're not overlooking anything. And the biggest thing is when we came together, Tim and I, Tim saw one of my presentations in the paper, and uh, he called me. And he uh, wanted to know what my program was about. He was just out of prison. And when he just came out of prison, I said, well, uh, I always go to the, uh, local cigar shop and, uh, on Fridays kind of unwind and decompress and I'll be there Friday. So Tim shows up and, uh, we talked for about three or four hours and, uh, there we hatched and threw back ideas and went back and forth what he's been through, what I know. And, uh, basically this is a, uh, drug addict that was talking to a cop and, uh, I still didn't trust him. So then uh, I told him if he wanted to be in, in in part of me, I would have to vet him and investigate him. And because what I knew about drug addicts, they were all thieves, liars, cheaters, and manipulators. And I wasn't going to let that happen. So I put Tim through a bunch of uh, tests and tribulations oh, and oh, we're going down talk and uh, so then. You know, people were coming to me uh, in our in our community and saying that, how could you be with this guy? He's a headhunter. Uh, he gets paid per person he puts in. And, and I'm like, you know, Tim says he wasn't. But again, heroin addicts are, are manipulators and liars. So uh, I go down to Florida every year with my family, and one day it was raining. And so I said, you know what? I'm going to go check out this Banyan place. So I called Joe Tuttle, the owner of Banyan. I said, "Hey Joe, I'm in town." I said, uh, "I'd like to meet with you and see Banyan." He goes, "Ah, oh, let's go to lunch." So we went to lunch, talked about an hour and a half. Then we went over to the um, to the center. It was absolutely beautiful. I couldn't believe what I was seeing, with all the chiropractic, massage therapy, acupuncture, all types of holistic uh, healing for people who were in distress was amazing. So we went up to Joe's. Uh, office and uh, I said uh, Joe this is really unbelievable I really enjoyed the tour Joe goes is there anything else that you want to see Rich and I'm like well I'm here for one reason and he's like for what and I'm like (coughs) "Uh, you know back home I get a lot of crap that uh, Tim is a headhunter and he's uh, gets paid per person he puts in a treatment and I want to make sure that's not true he goes well that's not true and I said well that's all fine, Danny. You can say what you want, Joe, but uh, I need to see his contract. And he goes, you need to see what? And I said, I need to see his contract. And he goes, well, I'm going to call Tim. I said, call him up. So uh, Joe calls Tim and says, hey, R- hey, Tim, uh, Rich is here, and uh, he wants to see your contract. And Tim's like, go ahead and show him whatever the hell he wants. So I looked at Tim's uh, contract, and uh, he was a full-salaried employee, no bonuses, no payment per person. No end of the year um, you know, bonuses, anything like that. So I was really pleased that I investigated it, Tim and everything he told me was true. So when I came back, uh, I would do these presentations throughout our community in Chicago and the Chicago suburbs. And I would have people who uh, would come to me and say, how can you be with this guy? You know, he's a headhunter. He gets paid per person. And I'm like, who's telling you that? He says, well, the people who work in this hospital or that hospital. I said, well, you tell them that stop making up lies about Tim because it's not true. And they're like, how do you know? I was like, I went down to Florida and I investigated him. They're like, you did what? I said, yeah. So don't tell me just because of money, reputation, and something new comes along that's that looks like it's working. That's a bad thing. This is a community project. And we need to go out there and give parents every ounce of help they need. And the biggest thing for me when I teach is that God has given moms an intuition, uh, intuition of a sixth sense, a motherly instinct, if you will, that if you know something's going on with your kid at a very young age, you need to investigate that. And we try to enhance that when a parent feels that way maybe it's time to drug test maybe it's time to do a monitoring software for their cell phones and you you are in their cell phones you will know exactly what your kid is doing so tim and i uh go across the country and we do the cop and the convict uh presentation where we give actual solutions to parents and if they find it tim takes over and he gives them the ability to heal and to find out what the answer is.
2: You know, and, and some of those solutions are cell phone monitoring software, whether you have an Apple or you have an Android, computer monitoring software. We talk about drug testing and unfortunately my 20 year old son Nicholas passed away from a uh, heroin and Xanax overdose on August 1st of 2014. And when we went through his cell phone, every Facebook messenger and every text message was all drug related. If parents were and are into the technology, they're going to know specifically what's going on. And it's not even the drugs too, Rich. Um, You have a story of a, a gentleman that walked in to kiss his daughter goodnight and she wasn't in bed. And she was in the closet. What was going on with that?
3: So uh, a friend of mine who's a uh, police officer as well uh, comes home at 2.30 in the morning after a shift. He goes and gives his baby daughter, 8 years old, uh, a kiss goodnight. And she's not in the bed. So he's looking down the couch, see if she's down there. Nope, not in there. But he sees a blue glow underneath the closet door. And she's in there taking naked pictures of herself at 8 years old. The problem there is, ladies and gentlemen is that she was on an app on her iPad called Hello Kitty. Now, this is a, a game that little kids play. And in two things that parents make a mistake of is they allow, they, as they allow themselves to charge their devices in their rooms at night. And they also don't monitor what's going on because my kid would never do that. So then when my kid would never do that, uh, that's when you run into problems.
2: A number of problems at that. Um, it, it, it's kind of scary. There there was another um, girl, Alana Carbonara, and I okay. can mention her name because her father, Scott Carbonara, is a dear friend of mine. He's actually um, the gentleman that's helped me put my book together, which will be Coming out in the next eight weeks, uh, Man of Recovery from Dope to Hope, uh, it, it's heart-wrenching. But there was a situation uh, when Alana passed away. What was Alana doing with her friend?
3: So what had happened was uh, um, they were um, they were texting back and forth. They can't re- even really text. Uh, they had to use videos to uh, talk to each other because they would – be in such a way that they couldn't press the buttons. So when I found uh, the information out, uh, I was able to look at the videos that she was sending her friends, and it was really disheartening. Um, and I, I just want parents, when, when we travel across the country, to know the warning signs. I mean, there were videos of them talking about heroin, picking up heroin, and and what to do with it. and. It's just so important that we're in our kids' technology because parents, if they're under the age of 18, you have the responsibility to know what's going on in your kids' uh, devices. Uh, Let me just give you my website. It's BeSureConsulting.com, B-E-S-U-R-E Consulting.com. If you go into monitoring software, you'll see I give you free and discounted software there uh, with arrangements that I have from all the main companies. Uh, they want to pay me to mention them, but I can't do that because I'm a public official. So I ask them to give me the code so I can give the parents it for free and discounted. And, and these are
2: the things we need to do. And um, we're going to take a break in a few minutes, but if you want to call in, you have any questions for. Uh, my partner, Detective Wasaki, you can give us a call at eight six six four seven two five seven nine one, and a lot of other things that people need to look at. It's you know, unfortunately, when uh, Alana passed away, the mother had found cut up straws laying around and didn't realize that these were used for either snorting uh, crushed up pills, snorting heroin. Um, we talk about rolled up, uh, cigars, you know, dollar bills. And, and why, why would your kid have a cigar in the house or, or tobacco laying around because they're hollowing out the cigars and, and re-rolling them up with uh, high grade marijuana and smoking blunts. And a lot of them are mixing cocaine in there or pills or other, other drugs. And, you know, I'll even take it back to the weed today, you know, the weed today, is 100 if not more times stronger, 100% stronger than it was 30 years ago. The THC levels have went from 3 to 4% up to 20 to 30 to 40% THC and when these kids are smoking some of this high-grade weed or smoking dabs, um, their inhibitions are dropped through the floor and that's when someone comes up and says, hey, try this pill snort this line and they normally would not have done that why they were uh why they were clear headed but since they're so damn high that's when they're trying it and that's when pandora's box is opening and what people don't realize about opiates in itself if i had a thousand people in an auditorium And I locked the doors and everyone did opiates for a week straight. And when I say opiates, you know, things like Vicodin, Percocet, Percodan, Demerol, Dilaudid, Oxycontin, Oxymorphine, Loratab, Fentanyl, Methadone, Heroin, those are all opiates. If all thousand people did those opiates, At the end of the week, every person would be a full-blown opiate addict. Unfortunately, that's how powerful the opiates are today. I mean, where I live in DuPage County, Illinois, um, the overdose deaths are going up and up every year. Will County going up and up. McHenry County, Kendall County, Kane County. And people still think there isn't a damn problem. Um, we want to get back to this topic. We want to empower parents on what to do. Uh, this is Tim Ryan with the Man in Recovery Radio, taking you from dope to hope. We're going to take a quick break, and we will be right back with uh, my partner, Detective Wistaki.
0: The largest syndicated alternative health talk program has come to the Voice America Network. The Dr. Bob Martin Show is the program that will answer your health questions and help you to heal your own body of many different ailments. Each week you'll hear the answers that Dr. Bob gives to his callers that help them to be their own doctor most of the time. We'll also discuss developments on the health care front and what you need to do to keep your body in top form. The Dr. Bob Martin Show airs Wednesday mornings at 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Health & Wellness.
1: You are listening to a Man in Recovery Radio from Dope to Hope featuring host Tim Ryan. To reach Tim by mail, please use tryan at amirf.org. That's tryan at am
2: irf.org. Now back to a man in recovery radio. This is Tim Ryan. We're back with the man in recovery radio, taking people from dope to hope. Uh, if you need help, man, reach out. Uh, I do a number of things. My full-time job. I'm a chief marketing officer for Banyan Treatment Center. Uh, B a n y a n center dot com. We've got a facility in Pompano Beach, Florida. We have a detox on the ocean in Stewart. We have a uh, facility in uh, Naperville, Illinois, just west of Chicago and right outside of Boston, Massachusetts. I also am executive director and founder of a Man in Recovery Foundation where we help uh, indigent people get into treatment. We will pay for them to get in if we have the funds available. We also help people get into sober homes this weekend. we paid for three more people to head out to South Carolina. We used a couple facilities out there. Um, they are four-month programs, and people have the opportunity to turn their life around. But you can reach us at www.amirf.org or 844-611-4673. That's 844-611-HOPE, H-O-P-E. Back with my friend Detective Wistocki, uh, Rich, over the years, what have you seen, you know, from 20 years ago in the field, it was a lot of cocaine. I mean, what are you guys seeing on the streets now? What are you hearing through your your resources, not just locally, but, you know, through ICAC and all these other facilities you're tied in with? It's just heroin going through the roof, isn't it?
3: Yeah, it's a heroin. It's a fentanyl scare. Um I mean, the gangs just want to make that money as fast as they can, but, you know, when they overdose – on, on fentanyl, it's just they're killing customers and nobody wants to go back to there. Um, w- one thing that, that I want to Im- impress upon parents out there is that you need to get involved early. Just to say just because they're legalizing marijuana here and there doesn't mean it's right for your kids to do it. And if your parents who are involved in smoking weed and you do this in front of your kids and they think it's okay, let me tell you this. When we go to Tim's uh, Thursday night um, forum on you know with addicts and parents, we ask, the, we ask the, the, the addicts, "How many of you guys started with weed?" And they all raise their hand. So what does that tell you? It, now, it doesn't mean that every person who uses weed is going to be a heroin addict, but it certainly tells you that every heroin addict starts with weed. So when parents, w- when you get that information, or when you have that feeling that something's not right, you need to investigate it and let us help you. Our program, The Cop and the Convict, gives parents resources. We show you where to look in their cell phones, in their computers, we we show you what test kits are out there that we can provide for you. We just want from, for parents to be on the right track and give you the resources that you need if you do find something.
2: You, you know, and when you get into the drug testing, Um, I could have Rich share a story on how he got into that, but prior to a family member drug testing their children, their teens, even if they're an adult living at home, if they've been in addiction, they're living in your house, it's your house and your rules. I don't care if they're 32 years old, you have a contract in place. Uh, they're going to be paying rent. They're going to have random drug tests. They're going to be in some type of recovery program. And if they're not doing that, they can pack the pack their bags and, and go live a life uh, the way they want to. You know, I told my son, if you want to do drugs, Nick, you're welcome to, but go get your own apartment, pay your own bills and destroy your life. But he couldn't do that because, you know, obviously all his money went to drugs. But when you are drug testing your children, Rich, what happens when a parent puts that drug test on the table?
3: So when the parent gets that feeling and then they go ahead and get the courage to drug test their kids, it is like truth serum. When I used to sell the drug test kits, I, I don't sell them anymore. Tim offers them. Um, I ask the parents, the moms who picked them up, and I say, when you give this to your kid, I want to know, email me back what they said. Ladies and gentlemen, 100% of the time, 100%, the parents said when they put that drug test on the counter and said, I want you to pee in, in the cup, the kid said, all right, but let me tell you why I'm going to be positive. So commingled with that feeling, that God-given talent and the drug test kit, now you have just opened the door to the talk about drugs and addiction. But never, ever, never give that drug test kit without a plan because if you're surprised when it comes back positive and you don't know what to do, you have to research what you're going to do before you give the drug test kit. And And let's face it. Let's look at the other side. How many times do kids go to parties while they're in high school? A lot, right? Well, imagine the pressure. When they're going to a party they're smoking weed from a bowl or a hookah or however they're smoking it, in a group of friends, the big stick you give your kids to say, I can't, my parents drug test me, is so big for them. It is such a big stick that they can carry that you can give your kid to blame it on a drug test kit. And where I got that from is my years of research of what happens to people who were on parole and probation. They didn't want want everything taken away from them if they fail the drug test kit. Same thing goes for your kids. So parents, you need to empower them. Empower them to say at a party, I can't, my parents drug test me.
2: You know, and I think it's, I don't think I know, it's it's having those conversations young. We are now, when we do our cop in, uh, in the convict presentation, I will go into a community. We're going into Taylorville, Illinois. Uh, Judge Paisley has graciously uh, become a good friend of mine and is pulling us into his community. And and what he's done is he's coordinated a number of days to where we're going to be slammed. We're going into Taylorville. I go in in the day, I'm actually bringing my partner, Brandon Novak, uh, former, uh, you know, star of Jackass and Viva La Bam, and New York Times best-selling author, author of Dream Seller. Brandon's a national outreach director with Banyan Treatment Center, but we do speaking events all over the country. Brandon and I will speak in the Taylorville High School in the morning. We're gonna meet with law enforcement, the local hospitals to talk about how to work with these communities that are in smaller rural areas on how, how to help the people that are coming into the hospital, either doctor shopping or on meth or on heroin or pills that need help. We're gonna be speaking in the junior high in the afternoon. Then Rich comes down and we do our Cop Kid presentation, Cop Kid and the Convict presentation. I think we're actually just gonna change the name to the cop and the convict and bring in a special guest speaker like Brandon Novak, maybe Michael De Leon, Matt Gannum, the poet. Um, and then the next day, about 15 miles away, they're pulling in five other rural high schools for us to speak to them along with the junior highs. And then we're speaking to the dra- graduating drug court. Now, how do we charge for this? And I'm I'm very open and transparent. We charge a flat fee for this event for five thousand bucks. It's real simple. I pay Rich a nominal fee for his time, but seventy-five percent of the funds go directly into a man in recovery foundation. And all that money is given away. I do not take a fee. A mana recovery foundation is a five oh one C three not for profit. We have no employees. We're all volunteer driven. Ninety-five percent of our money that comes in is given away to assist people getting into treatment or getting into sober
3: homes. No one else is doing that. I tell you, you know, when we do the cop and convict, it never fails. We're always either leaving with an addict, or Tim is setting up uh, flight arrangements for an addict to go to a treatment center. Everywhere we go, one time we were in Southern Illinois in Sparta, and I'm getting done speaking because I go I go last. And uh, Tim, I see Tim pacing. When Tim paces on the phone, you know something's going to happen. So I see him pacing. I was like, Oh man, here we go. Sure enough, we're closing down, and this this girl gets dropped off who's a heroin addict. And we got to take her back with us five hours. Uh, and, and, and she was a nice enough girl. But this is a how Tim rolls. And, and I mean, this cop and convict is, is actually reaching out and touching people that are hopeless. And we empower them. And we show them exactly what they need to be doing in order to get their loved one help.
2: And, and you know, sometimes I, I've done, you know, well over a 1,000 interventions. I've put well over... Probably in the past two and a half years, with my team of people, well over a thousand people into treatment, and, and a lot more. But I really don't keep the numbers. I know on a daily basis. You know, this weekend we put a, a seven people into treatment, and most of my crew was at a sober fest. But uh, you know. Sometimes they just need someone like me. I'm the guy that struggled for 30 years. I've, I've done all this stuff. I've overdosed a number of times. But if I can be over four years sober and turn my life around, I, I was talking to a kid in Minnesota last night who's 19, um, messing around with Xanax and cocaine and alcohol, And just needed that reassurance that, hey, you know what? I'm here for you, and I'm going to be getting him up into Hazleton. Um, I don't work for Hazleton. I don't get paid to put this guy into Hazleton, but it's the right situation for where he's at. Um, And then I told him, you know, we'll help get you into a sober home if you want to come down by us in the Chicago area. A lot of times it's good to get a person out of their environment, because I always go back to my son Nicholas. Nick had went to treatment six times, five times at one place, one at another. And I don't blame the treatment centers. They were good. Nick liked treatment, but Nick did not know what to do when he got out of treatment and he went right back to the same people, places and things. That's not a way to do this. It doesn't work that way. You got to get into recovery, whatever recovery is for you. 12-step based, Christian space, refuge recovery, smart recovery, but you got to put it first. And if not, you're dead in the water, but then it flips back to, damn it, we got to empower parents here. We need to empower parents. There's a lot of people out there that are paying big name speakers, and I'm not going to mention names because they're doing what they do, but paying you know 15, dollars 20, $25,000 to have a former athlete or celebrity come in, share their story for an hour, hour and a half, answer six questions and leave. How the hell does that help your community? It doesn't. Our local town just did that with the big name former basketball player. The guy's been here five times in the past two years. If they would have paid me the $18,000 they spent for him to come in, that would have paid for our foundation to put 15 local residents of Naperville, Illinois, or our surrounding communities into treatment that have no insurance. Instead, it's going into a gentleman's pocket. I just don't operate that way. Uh, for me, it's about giving back. Absolutely. You know, w- we got to give back. I'm sick and tired of burying people. Um, Next week, um, on the December third, I'll be attending my hundred and first funeral in a little bit over two years. Yes, I said that a hundred and first, hundred and one funerals in a little over two years. This epidemic is decimating this generation, and and you need to <clears throat> you need to be on top of this. How do you get us into your communities? You talk to law enforcement; they have drug seizure assets. You talk to the schools. Taylorville, Illinois, got a little bit of money here, a little bit of money there, and they can't wait to get us into town. And believe me, we're leaving these towns getting people help. My phone still rings from Clinton, Illinois, Dixon, Sparta, North Carolina, all these other Boston, Massachusetts, Florida, all these other places we're speaking.
3: The the important thing here is if you're in Illinois (coughs) and you'd like to get our program, uh, the cop and the convict there. Uh, I wrote a law. I wrote a bill that got approved uh, January 1st of this year. That in the Cannabis Control Act, for the seizure money that police departments have, they are able to use that money to bring in community education, and it would pay for the whole thing. So if you're looking for a funding source, it's written right into the law now that you can use seizure money. And you know, a lot, a lot of the smaller towns belong to a uh, a drug group. A DEA, um, there's MANS, DUMEG, all these types of specialty units for undercover drugs that they have seizure funds for. And that happens when they confiscate or they, they get cars and things like that. They can use that money to support a program so we can give hope to parents going through this. And, you know, there are so many times when we go to a scene and we, we see, you know, cut baggies, we see bowls, we see scales, and and the parents are like, well, I can't go in their room. That is your room, parents. There is no such thing as privacy for children under 18, and you are in control. You have to be the one that is in their room. Now when you're looking to put their laundry away or opening their drawers and when when you see stuff, you don't know what that is, reach out and ask someone, ask us, ask Tim. And and we can tell you what it is and what you should be looking at.
2: You, you know, a, a buddy of mine, Tony, posted on my Facebook wall today. On my way to work this morning, I'm buying gas in Bolingbrook, Illinois. Look what's laying on the ground. Parents understand what this is, especially your kids who drive to school. This is an empty bag of heroin laying on the ground in public. Not in the inner city, not in some rundown neighborhood. It's in our backyard. Cause for concern, you mm-hmm. bet. Talk with your kids today. Ask them how it went in school. Stay in touch. This is at a local gas station on the ground and someone snorting a bag of heroin and throwing the empty bag on the ground. This shit is everywhere. Um, and, and people still are in denial that this is really just out there. I, I don't understand what's going on. I I'm I, I'm floored. The Surgeon General just had a big event out in uh, California last week. I had Danny Trejo, Macklemore, Brandon Novak uh, talking about the opiate epidemic here. And I'm not blaming our, our president, the new president coming in. We all know there's an epidemic. It's actually a pandemic. But what are we doing about it? You know, we are on the front lines of this. And my God, every day, every day, I'm hearing about family members, loved ones dying from this. My buddy, Michael DeLeon, who works with Banyan as well and runs the Steered Straight program, I think this year alone, he'll speak in 300 schools throughout the country. Michael had a mother that contacted him a few days ago and said, my daughter wants to come home from treatment for Thanksgiving. She's desperate. She's going to kill herself. And Mike said, no, no do not let her leave. And the mother flew her home and the girl was found dead yesterday morning from a heroin overdose. What parents have to do is take your emotions out of this, you know, Um, because our emotions are, is what's driving us to keep our kids in addiction. I had a mother call me the other day, my son stole $1,400 off my credit card. And I said, well, did she call the police? She said, well, no, it's my son. I said, what would you do if I came to your house and sold and charged $1,400 on your credit card? She said, I'd have you arrested in a minute. Why don't you do that with your own children? The thing is, if your kids are in jail, guess what? You can go visit them. You can write them letters. They can call on the phone. They're alive. You don't wanna be like me having to visit my son in the box on his mother's nightstand or in the ashes I carry in a necklace around my neck. Um, If I could go back in time and change things, I would, but I can't. Um, I'm actually coming up December 10th on my son's best friend, Adam Silvers. Uh, Man, passed away from an overdose. I miss these people. I love these people. But we got to do what we got to do so we can end this epidemic. And it starts out in the technology, in their cell phones, in their computers. Have you heard anything called the dark net? That's where kids can get out there and buy drugs off the Internet. And it gets shipped to their house via FedEx, via Amazon Prime. You don't even know what's coming through. One of our local newscasters in Chicago has a story on a pill Um I forgot the name of it, but this husband was ordinate, ordering it online and succumbed to a fentanyl overdose from this. You know, it's everywhere. It, it's ravaging what's going on here, and we need to talk
3: about it. And here is where, you know, technology comes back in. When they're on the dark net, basically we show you what to look for. If there's something called Mozilla Tor, T-O-R, on your kid's computer, you have an issue. And you would never know that unless you had software and they're knowing where they're going. And it's and we offer that software for free for discounts. And it, it we have all the solutions you need to find out if your kids are involved in drugs.
2: That is the truth. This is Tim Ryan with the Manor Recovery Radio taking people from dope to hope. We're going to take a quick break and we will be back with my friend, Detective Wistocky. Talk to you in a few.
1: As we age, our health can decline. For some, it's a slow, even process. While for others, it can happen at a much faster rate. The health decline can start in people as young as their 30s. Did you know a lot of age-related diseases can be prevented, reversed, or eliminated? It's true. You'll find out more every week on Healthy Aging with Dr. Denise Bogard. Tune in every Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time and 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. It's your life. Keep it going well. listening to a man in recovery radio from dope to hope featuring host tim ryan to reach Tim by mail please use t ryan at amirf.org that's t ryan at amirf.org
2: now back to a man in recovery radio Tim Ryan back at you here with the Man Recovery Radio with my partner uh, and dear friend, Detective Wasaki. We're out here trying to guide and direct families into, you know, empowering the parents, empowering your kids. Uh, hey, we, we're tracking your technology. We're, we know what you're up to. We had a, there's software in the phones to where parents can actually see where their kids are going. And hey, mom. I'm going over, you know, to this place. Well, when you see them on the west side of Chicago, you know they're not at the uh the promenade shopping with their girlfriend. They're down there buying bags of heroin. And we put together a program, the cop and the convict. We're empowering the nation here on what to do, how to know what's going on because no one's doing this. They're telling stories. Um and there's a lot of powerful stories out there there's a lot of powerful speakers out there but someone needs to get down not only to the kids level but get down to the parents level because so many parents i'm going to tell you got their heads up their ass not my child not my kid it's it's johnny down the street no it's not johnny down the street Bullshit. it's your kid your kids involved in this but you believe them rich what do you tell Parents to tell their kids if if a parent might have smoked a little weed in their day or did a little cocaine What's your thoughts on that?
3: So the biggest mistake parents made is that you never ever never Want to tell your kids what you did when you were a kid because When they get caught for things that you did by the principal by the police and they bring them home to you They will embarrass you and say well you did it and you turned out okay Kids need mentors. They need confidence. They don't need any more friends to tell them, hey, when I did this, it was cool back then, but now you shouldn't do it. You are giving them a certificate to actually do that type of behavior because you turned out okay and had kids and have a family. Never do that. And I get parents like, detective, you mean you want me to lie to my kid? Yes, I want you to lie to your kid. They do not need to know your war stories. Like, I get a kick out of Dad's. Well, when we went in the Forest Reserve and had keggers and smoke weed, what are you doing? You're just telling them that it's okay to do that. Knock it off. You need to be a parent, a mentor, an example to your children.
2: Absolutely. you got to be a leader, not a follower. And And I can't tell you how many events we've done, Rich. When you'll ask the audience, so how many people here consider their child their best friends? And you know, a third of the moms put their hands up. Damn it, your kid isn't your friggin' friend. Start being a parent. See, I was the guy that was friends with my son Nicholas. I was the cool dad. I I let Nick and his buddies smoke weed in the basement, drink beer. Yeah, I can remember walking in the basement one day and and Nick was down there, he was 16 or 17 and there was two girls and they were smoking a joint. And they freaked out and Nick's like, what, you don't get high with your dad, ha ha ha, and you you know where my son's at now, he's dead. And uh, I'm ultimately responsible for helping kill my own son. I led him down this path and I'm taking my pain, my trials, my tribulations. So other parents don't do this. They don't walk down that road, and it's all right there, you know. Starting out with the technology and the drug testing um, and empowering, yeah, it's heart wrenching. It, it is. Rich? It's
3: so heart wrenching, especially when we go to these uh, death scenes and you see the cut up straws and you see the foil wrappers on the floor of their cars that they died in, and and when when you see that stuff, you look at the parent and you're like. What are you thinking? What do you think this means? Come on, parents, if you don't know what that means, find out what it means. That's why in, in, in our program is, we actually show pictures of scene photos to show you what it looks like, how they use it. And this is such an empowering way that parents can know what they're looking at and say, yeah, I've seen that before. Again, we need to empower our kids to know that I can't do that, my my parents drug test me, and we need to empower parents to always do the right thing. Not tell them what they did when they were younger, because it just empowers the kid to do that activity. And they're gonna cut you off at your knees when they get caught. You,
2: you know, it, it's interesting, the event we did in Aurora, Illinois last week, you know, there was probably, I don't know, 100, 125 20, yeah. people, it was a small auditorium, but I'm still getting phone calls from that. I actually just got a message from Joe. One of the other high schools wants us back in, in January and Bolingbrook and Will County want to bring us in for an, an event because we're helping the communities. You know, and we have, I've through our foundation, Help start a number of these para programs where you know Danny was the chief of police in Dixon Illinois uh, our first year we put hundred and ten people into treatment where an opiate addict can walk right into the police station and ask for help. Uh, Braidwood, we're Braidwood Illinois we're helping them, Naperville Illinois I just got a call from the chief of police in Mokina, we got one of his kids on a bus today going out to uh, the Owl's Nest in Florence South Carolina and uh, we've got another place out there called Sal- Salvation Oaks. These are great four-month programs, uh, big book based, 12-step based, and and these people are turning their lives around. It's it's amazing, it's powerful, but then I see the ones, every person I see that falls off the wagon, they never got into recovery. They Treatment is not the answer. Treatment is just the beginning of the journey they need to get into recovery, whatever that looks like. For me, I got a sponsor. I worked the steps. I shut my mouth. I took every suggestion he gave me, and I did what I did. And, and if I'm four years plus sober, anybody can be. Um, but parents, 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 please start empowering your children and yourselves to know what the hell's going on. You know, take a look at our website, www.a m-i-r-f.org. You can follow me on Facebook, you can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, A Man in Recovery, uh, From Dope to Hope. I've got A Man in Recovery Foundation, Tim Ryan Motivational Speaker, Tim Ryan Naperville, Illinois. Get out there, be the voice, talk about this. If you got a loved one looking for help, and you want to send them to long-term treatment um, and you have good insurance, you know, get a hold of Banyan Treatment Center, one banyan B-A-N-Y-A-N or Banyantreatmentcenter.com. And if they don't fit us, we'll refer them to the right place. Uh, There's a number of treatment centers we work with, uh, even here in the the Chicago area, you know, we work with Linden Oaks, we work with Gateway, we work with Rosecrans, uh, the SHARE program, Lutheran Social Services, the Salvation Army, Haymarket, the list goes on and on, Abraxas Interventions. Uh, Some people do better in different facilities, some don't. But uh, it all goes back to, damn it, if you knew what the hell was going on in the technology, You might have been able to nip this in the ass out of the gate.
3: I wanted to give parents uh, some resources as well. Again, you can download some of the uh, software monitoring software that's out there at um, BesureConsulting.com. B-e-s-u-r-e Consulting.com. Also, if you wanted to see a snippet of what Tim and I do in the cop and the convict, you can sign on for free at a place called Juvenile Justice Online. .org, juvenilejusticeonline.org. This is a, a company that I uh, prepared. It's uh, my life's work. Uh, I wanted it to be a resource for parents, law enforcement, uh, probation, where they can actually get trained for free and be able to see exactly what it takes to do inner investigations, but for this purpose, to see the horrible stories right that go on when parents are not involved in their kids' technology.
2: Yeah, and the horrible stories are getting a knock on your door from someone like Rich or the local coroner saying, can you come identify your child? Uh, Unfortunately, they've succumbed to a opiate overdose. Um, Everyone wants to blame. They want to blame the gangs. They want to blame the cartels. We need to understand drugs are here to stay. Our war on drugs has been an utter, utter disaster and an utter failure. I can't change that. You know, I've always got parents saying, well, you need to do this. No, you need to as a parent, go talk to your local congressmen, uh, your state representatives. If you send one person to the state capitol, they're not going to do anything. But if you send a thousand people, guess what? They're going to start listening. We need to be a big, loud voice out here and uh, stomp this out. That's why my motto is, you know, helping one addict at a time, because I can only help one person at a time. We guide and direct them and offer them hope. But uh, damn it. I I wish I knew about these things prior to- I wish I knew about long-term treatment. I wish, you know, Shannon and I always had good insurance. I never knew I could put my son in a 90-day program. I never knew of places like Banyan Treatment Center, some of the other organizations. I thought it was three, four weeks and that was it. And it's not like that because once they they get through the first 45 days, it's learning the life skills, how to ride public transportation, how to pay rent, how to manage food stamps if you have them. Uh, A lot of the younger kids today are very entitled. Uh, They don't have any work ethic. They expect everything handed to them and it doesn't operate that way. So if you wanna have us come out and talk and share it's very, very powerful, but we're empowering parents, and you know things that you need to know about too. Damn it, if you got a loved one at home struggling, have Narcan. Narcan reverses the effects of a damn opiate overdose, not just heroin, prescription pain pills. It reverses the effects of that. It's. Uh, I was meeting with a, an individual the other day that's in our local community that used to speak on the topic of heroin. And she was telling me one of her clients, uh, the wife thought it was overdosed and and the police came and the paramedics and they hit him with Narcan and it brought him back. This individual was speaking on the topic of heroin and didn't realize that Narcan reverses the effects for all opiates. Well, I didn't realize it for prescription pain pills. You know, damn it, people need to stay in their lane too with what they're good at. Uh, Some people are good writing policies and procedures and getting laws passed. Uh, Some people are good at working with the addicts. But you got everyone trying to jump in here and do what they want to do. And just because you lost a child doesn't mean you understand addiction. And and I don't mean to be crass, but uh, find out what you're doing. And and there's so many non-for-profits out there. Partner up with the ones. Don't go reinvent the wheel. Set up your own one. It took me a number of years to get where I'm at to to weed out who's bullshit, who's good, who's phony, who's fake, and uh, you know that's why Rich and I have partnered up with the Cop and the Convict. We've got uh, great programs. We're offering great solutions, and we just want to help. We are sick and tired of burying people. I'll never forget the day you called me, Rich, uh, uh, about Alana and getting her friend help and. and that girl just uh, got out of a sober home, and she's doing really well. Really, really, really well.
3: Yeah, that was that was a that was an unbelievable time, and you know we're 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 trying to investigate this and where they got it from. <coughs> then we found out where they got it from, and and, um, and and here was her best friend struggling as well. And I didn't want to lose her, so I asked the parents. If they ever called Tim, and they said, "Well, we wanted to." I said, "Well, now would be a good time if you wanted to." So yeah. Tim was here. he was at an event. He left the event uh, early and got there in about a half hour from where he was at and got her into treatment. It's been a journey and then and, and and this person had ups and downs and and left treatment into treatment left treatment and and now she hopefully has found her way and um, but we saved her life together, right Tim, I mean? absolutely. I mean from from getting getting the parents all dialed in and no, you can't allow this to happen. You have to do this. You have to do that. And and just, just being the responsible parents and giving them hope. And now, hopefully, their darling daughter, this girl, uh, so pretty. So she has so much going for her. And, and yet the, the dragon just. It's powerful. And unless
2: you live and recover, you're dead in the water. You know, some of our upcoming guests will be Sandy Swenson, the author of the book Joey's Song. If you haven't read this book, I suggest you you look it up out on the, the web. Uh, Sandy wrote a book about her song, Who Is Stole Inactive Addiction, today. That's how she disconnected. Uh, we're coordinating schedules with Dr. Drew. Uh, we're going to be bringing my man Matt Gannam the Poet on out of Boston, Mass. Michael DeLeon. We want to have Danny Langlos, the Chief of Police of Dixon, Illinois, Uh, Robert Renteria, who has a book called From the Barrio to the Boardroom. We got a number of good people coming in the mix. Again, if you need help, please reach out 1 844 611 4673, www.amirf.org. And uh, if you have good insurance, you can reach out to BanyanTreatmentCenter.com, B-A-N-Y-A-N. I thank you, Detective Wasaki for thank coming you, on the show today. Uh, heroin kills. We take people from dope to hope. This is Tim Ryan with the Man of Recovery Radio. Um, please reach out. Please be a voice out there. Nobody has to die anymore. If you got a heartbeat, there's hope. We hope you have a great week. Happy Turkey Day. Gobble, gobble. Again, this is Tim Ryan with the Man in Recovery Radio. Have a blessed day. Don't die. Love you.
1: This has been a Man in Recovery Radio from dope to hope. Please join Tim Ryan again next Monday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 9 a.m. Central Time, and 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel for another edition of our program. And remember... There is always a future, always hope.